You know what time it is? You know what time the game starts? Time for more football reaction. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Time to crack open a high noon. Oh, yeah! This is the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Feels good. It's the first victory Monday of the year as the Packers topped the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football last night, a final of 27 to 10. The Wisconsin Badgers got a win over the weekend as well. Love a good victory Monday when everybody's winning. The Brewers won their series against the Yankees, although they last lost last night. Still won two of the three over the weekend. So victory Monday for everybody in the state of Wisconsin. A victory Monday for you and a victory. Monday for me. How you doing, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome Victory Monday. I'm Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. This is the High Noon Hour, brought to you by the best seltzer in the world. High Noon, Sun Sips, Vodka Sodas, bunch of flavors, bunch of variety packs, and your chance to win $20,000. If you uh, go to any of the participating locations, scan a QR code at point of purchase, you'll find out instantly if you won $20,000 from our friends at High Noon. So make your Victory Monday even better. Go win twenty grand. Go buy yourself some High Noons. Hunter Vaughn is always running the show for us live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. want to give you the phone number now as the phone line's wide open here on the High Noon Hour, 844-770-3776. I want you to fill in the blank today. Through two weeks, how are you feeling? A Packers wide receiver group. I'm not talking pass catchers overall because I know you're feeling good about Aaron Jones after he owned the Bears yesterday. I want to know how you're feeling about the wide receiver group. So fill in the blank. How are you feeling about, I am feeling blank, about the wide receiver group after two weeks? I'll get to my answer shortly, but we'd love to hear yours throughout the next hour. We're with you until 1 o'clock. Our guys Rutledge and Hamilton will take over for us from 1 to 4. 844-770-3776 is the Old National Bank talking text line. Get old with Old National Bank. Again, 844 844- 770-3776 is the phone number. I am feeling blank about the Packers wide receivers after two weeks. One and one on the air. Got a win. Back to 500. Right back in the race to the NFC North. I, I think what? If you start the season 0-2, only about 11% of those teams have made the playoffs. So... It's, it might even be lower yeah, than that. Yeah, it's, it's good to not start 0-2 as the Packers get a win 27-10 again the final over the rival Chicago Bears. Sunday night football as well, the new look Sunday night football booth with Mike Tirico in place of Al Michaels over Chris Collinsworth, uh, alongside rather Chris Collinsworth. That's that's something I'm still getting used to. And we watch Thursday night football on Amazon with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. All these announcer changes, still something we're getting used to. But the Packers get a win, none the less. Uh, we will get to the first three things shortly as uh, as we do each and every week here on the High Noon Hour. We'll get to the first three things, but first I want to go over to the old National Bank talking text line. As that begins to light up here on a Victory Monday, we go to Sun Prairie. My humble abode is Don in Sun Prairie. You're on the High Noon Hour. Don, fill in the blank. You're feeling blank about the Packers wide receiver group through two weeks. Hey, Alex, I'm feeling optimistic about the Packers receiving group. I, I am, too. Cautiously optimistic was actually going to be my word choice. Cautiously. 
Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Cautiously, but you know, it, they're doing exactly what I expected for being a bunch of young receivers. Uh, they're not going to set the world on fire, but so far, so good. I still think they're going to turn out to be good players. Yeah, I totally agree, Don. Thanks for the call here on on a victory Monday. I totally agree, right? Like Sammy Watkins showed some really good things yesterday, and I think um, you know I think Romeo Dobbs has shown flashes, but it has he hasn't put it all together yet. Same with Christian Watson, right? I think we all look back to Week One where he had that seventy five yard open touchdown to kick off the season that he dropped, but still he's shown flashes, and they've shown some different packages that involve those guys. So I'm with you, Don. I'm cautiously optimistic, which serves a nice transition. Let's get into the first. First three things here on the High Noon Hour presented by High Noon. I'm going to flip the order here, Hunter, because I was going to end with my thoughts on the wide receivers. But since Don served us on a nice transition, we'll start with the wide receivers here in the first three things. Thing number one is the wide receivers are coming together. I am filling in the blank, cautiously optimistic. I, I, I think Sammy Watkins showed some things yesterday that we didn't see in week one. Obviously, we didn't see in preseason because he didn't play. Didn't see it a ton in training camp because, well, if we're being honest, he didn't practice a ton either. So the big question mark coming into this year, I think, was what is Sammy Watkins capable of? And you saw some good flashes yesterday. Uh, he was targeted four times, had three receptions, 93 yards. He had that big 55-yarder, which was really exciting. Sammy Watkins showed me some things yesterday. I'll, I'll say also... You can just feel the chemistry pop off the television screen, or if you were there at Lambeau Field last night, you could feel the chemistry coming off of the field, vibrating off of the field between Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. That chemistry is still very alive and well. Like I mentioned, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, the rookies, there's still some growth to be had there, right? Christian Watson, three catches, nine yards. Nothing too sexy there, but overall, I was impressed with the with the wide receiver group here in week number two. Now, Alan Lazard, not a ton of action for him. He was also targeted three times. He had the touchdown catch, but only two catches for 13 yards. So, so nothing terrific from Alan Lazard outside of, obviously, the six points he scored. This is going to be a work in progress, and we've continued to say this uh, throughout the last couple weeks. This wide receiver group will be a work in progress. And I'm excited, I- I'm excited to see where, where this goes, where this heads. But overall, I'm cautiously optimistic about the wide receiver group. Let's move on to big thing number two. That would be uh, the defense, which I think entered the locker room at the end of the third quarter last night. Uh, That was a rough fourth quarter for the Packers defense, especially the run defense. Heard of a guy named David Montgomery before? I have. Didn't know he was capable of what he did in that fourth quarter. Finished with 122 yards on the night. Only heard of him because I'm a football junkie. Yeah. Otherwise, had no clue that he could do anything close to that. Yeah, he averaged, and he shouldn't do he, it. He averaged over eight yards a carry. And Khalil Herbert didn't see a lot of time. He only had four carries. But he averaged almost 10 yards a carry as well. He finished with 38 yards on those four carries. So the Packers run defense. And this defense has been touted and crowned and, and cheered and every other synonym in the dictionary, right? Like, This defense, coming into this year, had the highest expectations of maybe any defense in the National Football League. Through two weeks, they have not lived up to that. And I didn't expect them to, but they really have not, especially in that fourth quarter last night. Uh, They didn't allow any points. Did they, though, that Justin Fields? Was that a touchdown, Hunter? That was a touchdown. You think so? Oh, yeah. Bears fans are pissed 
I mean, they are tweeting the. I think we saw last week in the monsoon game. The Bears' sidelines were all crooked. Do you, did you see this on yes. Twitter last week? Uh, the monsoon game that the Bears opened up with against San Francisco last week where they got their win, the sidelines were destroyed. So the white chalk that they put on the sideline was just uh, – it, it looked like a drunk guy was walking a line during a DUI test, right? Like that's the line that the sideline I think sideline that was even like. – I think a drunk guy could walk a straighter <laughs> line than that. It was bad. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but uh, I've seen the memes now that the Packers end zone has one of those nice curves where Justin Fields crossed, uh, allegedly, the plane. Nonetheless, they don't win that game even if he does score that touchdown. But the defense, I, I'm i not super high on that group through two weeks. Uh, I like what they did, right, holding them to 10, 10 points, but mm, a lot of growth to be had defensively as well, as, as well as the wide receiver group. But I will say the biggest thing, from week number one, or week number two, rather, win number one for the Green Bay Packers over the Chicago Bears last night, 27 to 10, as we roll on the big three things here on the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. The Packers did what they should have done. And we talked about it last week. Matt LaFleur, this must be his favorite radio program because he listened, man. I said, I need a lot more involvement in Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon. They combined, I'm talking targets carries receptions a week ago they combined for 26 aj Dillon at 18 carries by himself yesterday aaron jones at 15 that's a grand total of 33 carries on top of three receptions for aaron jones and a reception for aj Dillon. he had two more targets he didn't catch aaron Rodgers talked about this running back group and uh he loves playing with them both those guys wake up and it's the best day of their life 33 and 28 coming to work and you know it's a Great day, every single day. Um, so those are fun guys to play with. They truly enjoy each other, pull for each other. Very different styles, but I applaud you know their growth over the years. It's Aaron Rodgers on this running back crew. Twenty-eight, of course. AJ Dillon, thirty-three, of course. Aaron Jones. The two running backs, terrific. I mean, Aaron Jones expected to see here in 2022 we saw that last night 15 carries 132 yards a touchdown on the ground through the air three catches 38 yards and a touchdown so over 100 there was 170 yards total on 18 touches for aaron jones and two touchdowns last night that is exactly what you want to see and i anticipate we'll see a hell of a lot more of this running back crew is the best one-two punch in football matt lafleur aaron Rodgers, alex strofe have all acknowledged they need the ball in their hands more. And we got it last night. And it resulted in 24 first-half points, which I, I don't know. I didn't do the research, Hunter. We've been pulling out some great stats out of our rear ends the last couple weeks. We didn't look into it. I'm curious what the most points Matt LaFleur has scored in the first half is uh, in his tenure as head coach. I bet 24 is up there. It's probably not the highest, but I bet 24 is up there. They looked really good in that first half. I'll, I'll do some digging here in the break and see what I can – pull up but this also just made me think of because we heard last week some audio of Aaron Rodgers not being very kind towards Amari Rodgers saying he's the returner that's all he is basically yeah we'll talk about Amari next segment yeah and like hearing Aaron actually talk highly of his teammates it's almost jarring to me because uh, it's it's such a rare thing because the standard is the standard. You, hold on, you say him talking positively is a yes. rare thing. I don't think that's true. I, I think I think especially with these rookies, right? Like like we talked uh, Romeo Dobbs and, and Christian Watson. 
I feel like he's been pretty nice to those guys. And he was in the same exact availability where he, he – let's just play it. When he said this about Amari Rogers last week, he, he talked about, uh, well, it was, only, it was only five seconds. Okay, never mind. We don't have that audio, apparently. I can just do it. I'll do my Aaron Rodgers impression for you if you want, Hunter. Is that, is that what you want? Want me to give you my Aaron Rodgers yeah, impression? Yeah, let's do that. All right. He said he was asked – about Amari Rodgers' role in the offense, or lack thereof, because he didn't see an offensive snap in week one. I don't think he saw an offensive snap last night either. I've not seen the full numbers. But he said, yeah, he's returning for us right now. That's all I got on that. I think I did that verbatim. That was a pretty good impression. I'd like the applause. I can hear the applause from all over the city of Madison as we roll on here on the high noon hour. I'm Alex Drove with you. 844-770-3776. That is the number two. Get in asking you to fill in the blank. I feel blank about this wide receiver group through two weeks. Let's dive into the text line, shall we? Ben and Madison on the text line, 844-770-3776. Says, Strove, congrats on the new show, you rock. Appreciate you listening. Ben, my take is wide receivers are going to take six or seven games for Rodgers and the receiver core to fully mesh. Yeah, I think that's what we anticipated coming in, right? Uh, It's going to take some time for this group to fully mesh. But we saw really good signs out of Sammy Watkins last night, which makes me cautiously optimistic that maybe it won't take seven games like Ben and Madison projects there on the text line. Mike and Madison on the text line. The wide receiver group was better this week than last, and I feel optimistic, optimistically hopeful. How's that for a phrase? Optimistically hopeful. It will only improve as the season goes on. He also says the defense will get better. They just need time to adjust. And, Mike, I'd love to hear you on a follow-up. Adjust to what exactly, right? Adjust to the season, adjust to the offenses they're seeing, adjust to fully acclimating to live football. We'd love to know what you mean by they just need time to adjust because we'll continue to talk defense here as we're with you until 1 o'clock here on 100.5 ESPN. We'll talk some defense. We'll look ahead to Tampa Bay. But next, I want to get more into these wide receivers. What have we seen through two weeks? How will we power rank the seven receivers? We're not going to use Samori Toure, who is yet to be active. He's been inactive both games. But we will throw Juwan Winfrey in there who played last week. So we will power rank the seven receivers that have played for the Packers here in 2022 from seven to one through two weeks. And I would love to get your feedback on that as well as we continue to take your responses. How you're feeling about the wide receiver group through two weeks, telling you to fill in the blank. I feel blank about the wide receiver group through two weeks. All that's still ahead. It's the high noon hour right here on ESPN Madison. Rogers, touchdown, Lazard. More football reactions, more from the Gunslinger, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The days of uh, one guy getting 15 and the next guy getting, you know, four or five are kind of over. We're going to have to find ways to get guys, different guys of football in different spots. There's a lot of different plays for specific guys you know we had some uh, a package for uh, christian we had a package for romeo obviously a lot of plays for uh, sam uh, for sammy and for alan and then coming back which was great and then a couple wrinkles for Kabi. you know we had him in the backfield on the third down so that's kind of the way it's going to go spreading the wealth of the green bay packers and they did so in a 27-10 win, getting their first victory of the year here on a Victory Monday. It's the High Noon Hour. I'm Alex Strope with you live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. I'll tell you what. 
if you had any complaints about Aaron Rodgers targeting Devontae Adams as many times as he did back in January in the playoff loss to San Francisco, I bet you're thrilled with what last night looked like. I mentioned it earlier, but I'll bring that stat back up. Nobody was targeted more than four times in terms of pass catchers for the Packers in their first win of the year. So, yeah, if you were mad about that playoff loss back in January when Aaron Rodgers targeted Devontae Adams, I think it was 11 times if I'm remembering correctly, uh, well, I bet you were really happy with last night. It's the high noon hour. Want to power rank the Packers wide receiver room uh, through two weeks here in just a second, but I do want to switch. And uh, I'm going to make this a little choppy, Hunter. I know we didn't want to. Uh, I know we said we didn't want to talk a ton of Badgers today, but I, I just saw a note on on Twitter that I want to read because I think it's really fascinating. Uh, this is from Ra- Raul Vasquez on Twitter. He says Braylon Allen said Jim Leonard had a message for the guys after practice today. Quote. We're not going to treat this like another game. It's not. This is a big game. Once you accept that fact, everything will calm down for you. That's what Jim Leonard said to the group. That wasn't Paul Chris. It's Jim Leonard talking about Ohio State this weekend. So, interesting. I just wanted to throw that note out there as we continue to roll on. Packers reaction, 844-770-3776. That's your way in to the show on the Old National Bank talking text line. Get old with Old National Bank, 844-770-3776. Asking you to fill in the blank today. I feel blank about the Packers wide receiver group through two weeks. I say I feel cautiously optimistic. I actually do, which I didn't anticipate saying about eh, 24 hours ago before that game last night. I didn't anticipate feeling cautiously optimistic, but I liked what I saw last night um, from a couple guys in particular. So let's dive right in. Let's power rank the top seven receivers for the Green Bay Packers. Starting with number seven. Amari Rodgers is number seven, who has not seen an offensive snap yet. He's playing kick returner for the Packers right now. Yeah, he's returning for us right now. That's all I got on it. That's all I got on that. Number six, Jawan Winfrey. Uh, he didn't play this week because he went back to the practice squad. But uh, nonetheless, I was happy with him. I'm, ha- I'm more happy with him than a guy like Samore Toure, for example, who has not been active either of these first two weeks. He was, of course, the seventh-round pick Toure was. Uh, I, I don't anticipate seeing a ton of him here in 2022, so I'll put Jawan Winfrey above Amari Rodgers, which is not good considering he's played half as many games as Amari Rodgers. But we said last week, if week one's any indication, I think Amari Rodgers is done. Well, I will double down. If week two is any indication, I think Amari Rodgers is done. He's a kick returner. And maybe he could have a, uh, here's a Wisconsin, here, here's how I'll wrap it around, Hunter. Maybe he has his David Gilreath moment, right? Maybe he has a big return in, right. in a big game, yeah. right? Maybe against Tampa Bay mm-hmm. this week. Amari could have a big return. He has his David Gilreath moment. See what I did there? All right, let's go top five. Number five is Christian Watson. And I, I struggled with four and five because Romeo Dobbs is four. Or excuse me, Romeo Dobbs is Yes, Romeo Dobbs is four on my list. So let's talk about those as a group. Five Watson, four Dobbs. We'll get to the top three in a second, which I debated even more with. Watson and Dobbs both have high ceilings, and I think they've both shown flashes in the first two weeks. That makes you think, hmm, these kids can play. And they might be able to make some big impacts come, I don't know, as some of the guys on the, uh, on the talk and text line have referred to, six or seven weeks. Maybe they can make a pretty big Im- impact. Have a pretty big footprint, if you will. But I, I struggled because Watson seems like he's almost gotten more direct looks. And, and I refer, of course, to that big 75-yard 
what would have been touchdown against Minnesota in week one. And we saw a couple things yesterday where he was drawn up, whether it was on a reverse or, or what have you. I have him five because Romeo Dobbs has just produced sheer numbers more. He had two catches for 27 yards, including a 20-yarder yesterday. Dobbs has killer speed. And I'm excited to see the different ways Matt LaFleur, being such an innovative head coach, will utilize Romeo Dobbs as he continues to grasp this offensive playbook more and more every week. Come like week 11, week 12, I think we're going to see Romeo Dobbs used in a really unique way. Ways we have not seen a Packers wide receiver used, maybe ever, let alone under the Matt LaFleur era. I think we've already seen that with some of those reverses and, and wraparounds we've seen in these first two weeks. So I'm a little bit higher on Romeo Dobbs, but I think uh, th- that's a good spot for Dobbs and Watson, four and five. Here's the controversial one. I have Alan Lazard at number three. Um, and yes, that's partially due to him not playing in week one. And yes, that's partially due to him not having a huge impact yesterday. I know he did have the touchdown catch. Only targeted three times. Only caught two of them. A total of 13 yards. He had the touchdown, which is a is a big note. But Alan Lazard is a guy I, I have... I was really, really high on entering the season. Then he injured the foot or ankle, whatever they listed as these days. Ankle. It is an ankle officially now because I think it started as a foot and then they, they changed it well, to ankle. Well, you know, it starts to move up a little bit. Yeah. It migrated. Yeah, there you go. It's like the birds going south here in September, right? Yeah. The injury migrated. I got you. So I put Alan Lazard three. If we do this again in two weeks, which we might, I'm sure he'll be back to number one because I do think he is the number one receiver on, on this depth chart theoretically. But he hasn't had that big of an impact yet. And I'm sure there will be a game where he does. But right now, I have Alan Lazard third on my Packers wide receiver power ranking. Just to recap quick. Amari Rogers seven. Jawan Winfrey, six. Christian Watson, five. Romeo Dobbs, four. Alan Lazard, three. Which leaves us with two options left. I talked about the chemistry last segment. You could, you could feel it vibrating through your television screen last night on Sunday Night Football. There are for Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb connect that only Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb can connect on. And I think that's what makes him so valuable, despite being 32 years old. That's what makes Randall Cobb so valuable to this Packers offense, is he just has the chemistry. It doesn't need to be built throughout this year. It's there. It's done. And I believe as long as Randall Cobb remains healthy, which is a big if, and we'll come to the big if in number one as well, but if Randall Cobb remains healthy this, this season, I think he's going to have a significant role in this Packers offense. And I thought he looked really solid last night. Also had a 20-yard catch, um, which was out of the backfield, as you just heard Aaron Rodgers allude to. He uh, lined up as a running back on third down and hit a Texas route, right? Kind of a V route if you if you drew, if were to draw it on a field. He cut left and then cut back right inside against Roquan, Roquan Smith. And Rodgers hit him. Bingo, bango, right where he needed to. And it was good for first down. So Randall Cobb is number two on this list, which puts the shining star in that wide receiver room from last night at number one. Sammy Watkins is my number one ranked Packers wide receiver through two weeks. Three catches, 93 yards last night on four targets uh, against the Bears. Several big uh, passes, averaged 31 yards a catch, one for 55. Sammy Watkins was really impressive to me last night. And we heard a lot of hype around Sammy, right? Obviously, he was a first-round pick. And uh, there's always that joke, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have first-round picks to throw to. Sammy Watkins is one. And he actually looked like it last night. Sammy Watkins, uh, you know, his trainer, the guy he trains with, or at least trained with this past offseason, came out and said, yeah, this looks like Sammy Watkins from Clemson. I'm not ready to go that far. 
But through two weeks, I'm impressed with Sammy Watkins, and I thought he really showed first-round potential last night against the Bears. He could continue doing that. Three catches, 93 yards? That's hard to sustain. But I loved what I saw last night out of number 11, Sammy Watkins. So I have a few thoughts on your power ranking. I'm going to work upwards like you did. I think you're spot on with Winfrey and Amari Rogers. They're six and seven. I think you could interchange either of them. At least Winfrey has seen the field. Um, And then I think there's kind of a group with Watson, Dobbs, and I would put Sammy Watkins there as well. I think Watson's getting punished in your ranking a little bit because of that drop, he whether is. you realize it. No, yeah, I'll okay. It. Yeah, I'll okay. It. Perfect. Because I was like, that's. I think he's shown a little bit more than Dobbs. And, than Watkins. I think Watkins, yeah. yes, he had that big game, but we see this all the time from Sammy Watkins. Is He'll have a game, and then all of a sudden he's nothing. I just want to reiterate you're calling this a fluke game from Sammy Watkins. Yes. Uh, let's throw that out. 844-770-3776. Maybe I'm overvaluing Sammy Watkins. Was last night a fluke game from Sammy Watkins? 844-770-3776 is the number to get in. Alan Lazard, number one in your rankings, Hunter? I would put Cobb number one, Lazard number two. Okay. Because I think Lazard doing the things he does blocking – and that, I mean, I heard Wayne Larravee, I listened to the game while I was driving yeah. last night, and he, he brought up the goon reference. Like, he was doing the things that he does when the ball isn't going to him that really helps this team. Yeah, Mike in Oregon points out that same thing on the text line, Hunter. He says, don't underestimate what Lazard brings this to the field with his blocking, one of the top blocking wide receivers in the league. Speaking of blocking wide receivers, uh, you listened to the game, so you might not have seen it, Hunter, but Equinemius St. Brown, my guy. He could block, man. He he had some good flash. He had a big he had a big catch early in the first quarter against his former team. I think that was all we saw out of him reception wise. Uh, I take that back. He had one more for nine yards, but the big one for thirty was was early on in the game. But he had some really key blocks there late when they when they were just rumbling and bumbling against that Packers defense in the fourth quarter. Was the Bears offense? Kid can block. I wish he was still a Packer. I'll admit it. Uh, we're asking you here on the High Noon Hour, Malik Trophies, Hunter Vaughn. We're live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios asking you, I feel blank about the Packers wide receivers through two weeks. Mike in Oregon says he feels fine. The vets are producing. The rookies will take time. No need to have inflated expectations. That's from Mike in Oregon. I tend to agree with that. Mike, well said. Well said. We'll continue to take your responses, but I want to talk a little defense next because uh, fourth quarter was brutal. I don't know what to make of this defense yet. We'll try to make sense of it next. It's the high noon hour. Take it down. Fields chased by Gary. He escapes the pocket. And you see his athletic ability, but he threw a pick. At the 39-yard line, Jair Alexander comes up with the INT. More football reactions. More from the Gunslinger. More high noon. The high noon hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. They really, 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 really suck. Yes, the Bears still suck. All the ladies now. Come on, ladies, let's hear it. The Bears still suck. The Bears still suck. I hear everybody on 151 singing loud, cranking their radios. Because it's a victory Monday here on 100.5 ESPN. 
It's the high noon hour rolling on with you until one o'clock. I'm Alex Strofe. I love that song. I have a question, Hunter. Is it is it bad that I know every word? I know every word to that song. No, because I remember it being on like my parents having a CD of like Packers parody songs, and that was on there. And I listened to it all the time as a kid. Yeah, how could you ever love a team with with Jim McMahon? Because not even Porky Pig was as big of a ham. Nicely oh, done. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. I just that. remember the line about there being tolls, <laughs> and they haven't even. They've only won one stinking Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. They make you pay a toll. For Cripe's sake, they only won one lousy Super Bowl. Hey, uh, the Packers won. The Badgers won. The Brewers won the series over the Yankees. Now it's time for you to win $20,000. That's what you can do from our friends at High Noon Seltzers, which are made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water. They've got 13 flavors now, which is wild. I'm still a, uh, I'm still a sucker for the peach. Also like the pineapple a lot. Uh, but they are now available in Tailgate and Variety 8 or 12 packs now, up to 12 packs. This fall for a limited time at participating locations around Madison. All you got to do, pretty easy. Hear me out. Pull out your phone, scan the QR code at the point of purchase, and you'll find out instantly if you won $20,000. It's that easy. A chance to win $20,000 instantly, courtesy of High Noon. You must be 21 years or older to enter. No purchase is necessary. Go win 20 Gs from our friends at High Noon. Uh, I want to talk defense. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but I do want to talk defense because that fourth quarter was not good. I mean, obviously, you're happy with the goal line stand even though you could probably make the uh, the case that that was a touchdown run by Justin Fields, despite the scoreboard not indicating that. Uh, it's still, it still probably was. But nonetheless, goal line stand, defense got run all over in the fourth quarter. Um, it, it, it was odd. It was, it was not good for this Packers defense. Uh, but there were some bright spots, I would argue, from this Packers defense. I think the biggest one being Preston Smith. He had a pair of sacks, three QB hits, and led the team in tackles. I was really impressed with Preston Smith. And there's this there's this case I hear all the time. Our guy Gabe Neitzel, who you're here on Pack Attack, immediately following every Packer game, as well as Jason Wildey, who you also hear on that program. You hear him on Wildey and Tausch weekdays nine to noon, right before us here on the high noon hour. He they always bring up Preston Smith in calendar years. He's really good in the odd years. 2019 and 2021 were good years for Preston Smith. 2020 was a rough year for Preston Smith. Even years seem to be, just for whatever reason, rough years for Preston Smith. Last night proved otherwise. I thought he was the best player on the Packers defense last night was Preston Smith. Now, I mentioned it earlier. I listened to the game while I was driving last night. I kept hearing Rashawn Gary as well. Yeah, being brought up. pressures. Pressures were uh, were certainly there. Um, you know, I thought he had a solid game. He had the one sack, had a couple tackles for loss. But... Preston Smith popped off the TV screen to me more, more so than Rashawn Gary. But I do think Rashawn Gary, and we've talked about this for a few years now, the guy is every intangible to be not only a superstar in this league, but like a defensive player of the year in this league. Uh, he has every intangible, every physical aspect you want. I think Rashawn Gary's got it. So if he can continue to develop it and can, if he can continue to do what he did yesterday, right? Just a sack, get in the backfield, pressure the quarterback. You're going to be happy with with what that guy does. So I was impressed with Rashawn as well, Hunter, to your point. But Preston Smith stole the show defensively. What I will say, though, is uh, Darnell Savage. Box score looks fine. He had six tackles. I mentioned it last week, and I can't believe I'm doing it again for a second week. 
Darnell Savage looked lost again. There were plays where I don't know that Darnell Savage knew he was on a football field. And in that fourth quarter again, right, where they were getting run all over uh, by David Montgomery, uh, Darnell Savage looked lost. And I'm just confused on, on what happened to him. Because that was one of the guys I think Packers fans collectively were very pumped on heading into this year. And following last season, I thought he was a really bright spot of that defense last year. But Darnell Savage through two weeks has not been impressive to me. Um, I don't want to call him a liability because he's not like Kevin King bad, but he's struggled. And he's somebody that's popped out to me in not a good way. Uh, I will bring up one more guy who popped out to me in a good way. Jair Alexander. My man. 23. My man. Jair Alexander. He had the interception, which we know about uh, late in the game. But I, I don't know why he doesn't get more respect as the best corner in football. Like, he, he's got it. And I, I don't know what it is, but Jair Alexander's got it. I mean, he's got the swag. He's got and, – and we talked about it a little bit last week. I want to reiterate, though, because it's been a wacky two weeks for Jair. Right? He's coming off of pretty much the season-long injury, shoulder injury from a year ago. He doesn't get voted captain. He's asked about not getting voted captain, and he says, yeah, I'm disappointed, but it's bigger than me. It's not my choice, whatever. Then last week, kind of a rough week. I mean, it was fine, but, yeah, you know, Jair being Jair, got burned once. And then this week he comes back, and I thought he was terrific. Um, Outside of Preston Smith, I thought he was the best player defensively for the Packers last night. Interception helped, but he's a guy that's come back up. So it's been a weird couple of weeks. The captainship thing – uh, you know, last week's game was a, was a little odd. You know, he's, he was a little bit, I don't know. Jair's been a wacky case the last month or so. But last night was the best I felt about him in the last month. Yeah, I think he was great last night. I think the issue for him when it comes to talking about him with the top corner in the league is just the fact that if the rest of this defense keeps struggling the way they have the first two weeks, it's going to be hard nationally for people to think, oh yeah, he's the best corner in the league if the entire unit isn't stepping up. And that's not fair to him at all. Sure. But I think that's going to be where he's going to struggle this year in terms of a national being the best corner in the league. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And with with all the expectations that were laid upon this defense coming into the season, and we talked about it a little bit ago, but I, I think... It's really unique that eh, we're not we're not hearing people slam the Packers defense, but we're not hearing anybody go, yeah, maybe we overhyped them a little bit. Maybe, maybe just maybe we overhyped this defensive crew a little bit, and we did because it's still early and they can still get better. But it has not been a top two, number one defense in the National Football League for two weeks. It just hasn't been. So you're asking people in our profession, in the media, to actually admit on air that they were wrong maybe about this defense. Like, yeah. that's what you're asking for. Yeah, that's, that's not happening. That's stupid. Ever. Yeah, that's stupid. I do want to bring one more thing up on the defense. It's actually a guy that's not on the team anymore. Kevin King was popping off on Twitter last night. And I've been saying for months now, I would like to see the Packers bring him in. I've seen worse fourth quarterbacks in the uh, National Football League than Kevin King. And uh, he was he was tweeting he was tweeting more than I do during Packers games, and I tweet a lot during Packers games. I just yell my thoughts into the ether on Twitter, where you can get at me at Alex underscore Strofe on Twitter. There are a little, little shameless plug on the cesspool we know as Twitter. I I think Kevin King needs to be brought in. Guy's a hype master. He was loving it. He was eating it up. He's still free agent. I don't I don't get how that's like. I understand we crapped on Kevin King a lot as Packers fans. We did. 
especially after he was burned by Scotty Miller before halftime in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago against Green Bay's next opponent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But as a fourth corner, you could do a lot worse. I'd love to see Kevin King get brought in. 844-770-3776. That's the old National Bank talking text line asking you today, I feel blank about the Packers wide receiver crew through two weeks. I say cautiously optimistic. Got several responses on the talking text line. Mike in Oregon says he feels fine. Mike in Madison says he feels uh, he feels optimistically hopeful. I say that five times fast. And uh, Ben in Madison says it's going to take some time before they fully mesh. He feels he feels all right. Uh, ben in Madison also chimed in, called it a fluke game for Sammy Watkins. One hundred percent agrees with Hunter Vaughn as Hunter like calls ben. the three reception, ninety three yard performance for Sammy Watkins last night a fluke game. What say you? 844-770-3776. We will wrap up the high noon hour next. How does John Runyon Jr. relate to Mike Evans' suspension? I'll tell you next as we look ahead. Tampa Bay, Green Bay this Sunday. It's the high noon hour. More football reactions, more from the Gunslinger, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Obviously, I'm going to enjoy the heck out of this one tonight. But uh, we got a big one next week, a tough road trip. It's got to be better. You know, this was better than week one, but we got to be better than this if we want to compete with Tampa. It's the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Got to be better if we want to compete with Tampa. I think we can all agree on that. First half was good. Like, I was very happy with how the Packers played in half number one against the Chicago Bears last night. They, they led at half 24-7. to seven. It's about as good as you can ask. 21 points, three touchdowns in the second quarter. Like, yeah, baby, give me more of that. Give me some of that against Tampa. I'm feeling pretty good about their odds. It's the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strofe, Hunter Vaughn running the show. We're live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios with you for about seven or eight more minutes uh, before we – Pass the microphones over to our pals Rutledge and Hamilton with you an extra hour this afternoon from 1 to 4 p.m. Let's look ahead. I know it's only Monday, but I want to look ahead because there is a very interesting note uh, for this Packers-Bucks game coming up Sunday afternoon in Tampa. As uh, you may have watched, it was a nationally televised game, at least locally. Buccaneers and Saints was on prior uh, or rather, that was a noon game on earlier in the day. And, uh, well, we saw just another great scrap between the Saints and the Buccaneers, which was essentially led off by Mike Evans, Deccan Marshawn Lattimore. I don't think any two people dislike each other more in today's NFL than Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. Those two get into it every time the Saints and Bucks play. This is the third time, third time. That Mike Evans has laid out Marshawn Lattimore with a cheap shot. This is the third time. Now that Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan yeah, right, right, aren't in exactly. anymore, yeah, Big it guy. goes to these two. Like, yeah, Andre Johnson, the nicest guy in the world, was throwing full-blown haymakers at Cortland Finnegan back in the day. That's a great pole hunter. But, yeah, these two hate each other. Now, the NFL vice president of football operations is a guy by the name of John Runyon, which may ring a bell because the Packers have a starting offensive lineman by the name of John Runyon Jr. It's his dad. He's the NFL Vice President of Football Operations. And John Runyon Sr. laid down the heavens. Said, yeah, you're suspended. Can't play against Green Bay. And my son plays for Green Bay. He didn't say that. 
but it's true. His son does play for Green Bay. So this benefits the Packers. The Tampa Bay Bucks will be down their top receiver, Mike Evans, uh, thanks to Papa Runyon. <laughs> Just so funny. Papa Runyon. Papa Runyon is, is laying down the hammer on Mike Evans. It's hilarious to me. Uh, but also worth noting, yesterday against the Saints, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones both did not uh, due to injuries. So if that stays the course and those two guys are not on track to play in week three, which I don't know where they're at, admittedly, but if they are not on track to play week three, that means the Bucks will be down Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones. Leonard Fournette tweeted out, to my fantasy owners, I'm sorry, touchdown coming soon as he has not scored one through the first two weeks so uh that's looking more likely if they'll be down their top three receivers and julio jones chris godwin and obviously mike evans with a one game suspension for unnecessary enough unnecessary roughness whoa you got it there yeah whoa that was that was odd and on sportsmanlike conduct uh as he decks marshawn Lattimore yesterday uh when the bucks played the saints so he'll be out week two Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, we will keep you posted throughout the week, what their status is going into this game. But for a Packers defense that, I would argue, struggled a bit yesterday against the Chicago Bears, especially against that 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 run. I mean, they could not stop the run. David Montgomery looked like Emmett Smith out there yesterday. And uh, especially in the fourth quarter, it was brutal. So they just got to stop a guy by the name of Leonard Fournette who is a little bit better than a guy like David Montgomery. But we will see here in week number three. But it's, it's an exciting game, right? There, there was no love lost between these two teams who have faced each other several times the last couple of years. Obviously, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, maybe the last time ever we get to see these two go head-to-head, depending on how the playoff field shakes out and if these two teams are not to match up against in the playoffs. I think this is Tom Brady's final year. I don't think I'm premature in saying that. The guy retired for like two weeks of this offseason and then he came back I think this will likely be his final year so this could be the last time we see the best two quarterbacks in football at least from a Canton standpoint right a pro football hall of fame ranking standpoint that are active right now and Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady they get to go head to head it's a fun game it's a big game it's obviously big for a team like Green Bay who the schedule is not easy to them this year and there was a lot of growing pains that this team's going to go through. And we've talked about it a ton today here on the High Noon Hour. If you missed any of the show, you can find it now. First time I've been able to say this, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just look up High Noon Hour will be the first result. Go give us a subscription, give us a rating, and follow along with us. We'll probably be throwing some exclusives uh, into the field throughout the rest of the regular seasons. We're only out with you on Mondays, but that podcast feed, oh, we might be with you twice a week. That's called a tease in the biz, Hunter, uh, as, as we roll on. Nicely but, done. Thank you very much. So we're leading up to Tampa Bay, Green Bay. And I will say I'm nervous because Green Bay is not the juggernaut they've been years past. But I would say neither is Tampa Bay. Right? That's a team that struggled to put points on the board yesterday against New Orleans. They had three points until a couple minutes left in the game. So I, I think if the Packers' defense can show up, and I'm not saying live up to the hype, but maybe live up to a portion of the hype that was given to them all offseason, I feel really good about the Packers' chances. And the way this Packers' offense rolled in the second quarter, I mentioned it earlier, scoring 21 in the second quarter, they can do that in a quarter next week. I mean, they are going to win this game. I just – those are not givens, right? So I'm working through this out loud. I don't know what we know about Tampa Bay yet. They didn't score a point until the third quarter against New Orleans. Then they rattled off 17 in the fourth to win 20 to 10. They're 2 and 0. This will be their home opener on Sunday. So a lot of juice, a lot of cannons firing up. You heard the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song bring us in. The Pirates are going to be 
Aaron, all through Raymond James Stadium. I feel good about the Packers' chances. I don't feel great. But it's Victory Monday. We're not looking forward quite yet. The Packers win last night over the Chicago Bears. Again, the final 27-10. The big takeaways for me is the Packers did what they should have done. They utilized the running backs. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they got their touches like we asked for, and it resulted in a big win, a 17-point victory for Green Bay. Packers did what they should have, but the run defense did not. It went to the locker room a quarter early. David Montgomery looked like Emmett Smith in the fourth quarter, and that is a big no-no. That's a big problem. They'll need to clean up as they roll into Tampa Bay next week, and we were asking you all show long. Fill in the blank. I feel blank about the Packers wide receivers through two weeks. I feel cautiously optimistic. Really happy with where Sammy Watkins is at. We'll see if he can repeat that performance that Hunter Vaughn called a fluke. A big thanks to Hunter Vaughn for running the show, as always, here on 100.5 ESPN. This has been the High Noon Hour. Malik Strofe. Our guys, Jim Rutledge, Matt Hamilton, are coming up next as the live and local reaction continues to the Packers' 27-10 win. This has been the High Noon Hour.